Well, good evening, Merry Christmas, and once again, welcome to the Christian Life Center. We are so glad that you are joining us today. Uh, I do want to say a special welcome to our three different kind of audiences, if you will. So for those of you that are in the room, thank you so much for being here. For those of you that are possibly in the drive-in option, thank you so much for joining us, as well as those that are joining us online. It's a brand new world we live in. There's a lot of different options, so we just want to say thank you. I know that there's tons of other things that you could be and maybe even should be doing as you prepare for Christmas, but we are so glad and thankful that you were here to celebrate Christ's birth with us. If I haven't met you, my name is Ben. I get the opportunity to work on staff, and um, before I start, I have to admit that for the first half of the children's lesson, um, I didn't do a great job paying attention because I was stressed out, okay? So little man playing with the lights, um, I wasn't concerned for his safety. I was just thinking that the next time Megan goes to plug those in, she's not going to know which bulb it was that broke, and she's not going to be able to fix so I was stressed out. Was anybody else in the room stressed out or did nobody even notice that? Nobody even noticed it. That's just, I hate Christmas lights. Anyway, that's, a, that's another story for another time. But uh, we are glad that you are here this evening. I don't want to take much time. I just want to kind of read through uh, the scripture found in Luke chapter 2. The, the birth of Christ is found in two of the Gospels, in Matthew and in, Lark, uh, excuse me, Matthew and in Luke. Um, and we're going to be reading through Luke 2 tonight. And I want to uh, maybe look at the shepherds in, in maybe a different perspective tonight and maybe challenge you um, with some of the things that I think could be happening um, as we read through this text. But uh, before we do that, I, I do want to kind of light our Advent candle. As we have been going through this month, we have been um, going through the weeks of Advent and kind of talking about it. And uh, real quick poll, how many of you are the type of person where you think that Christmas music should only be played during a certain season or seasons, maybe agreed upon, but there's only a limited time that you can listen to Christmas music? Who believes that? Okay, thank you, thank you, thank you. Now the other group of people. How many people in here believe that all year long you can listen to Christmas uh, music? Who thinks that? Okay, you are the ones that scare me, okay? Because if I get into your car in May and it's like jingle bells, I think you're up to something. I don't know what you're up to, but I'm just naturally suspicious that there's something going on. So uh, I, the reason I ask is because as we celebrate kind of this, this Advent series, there's a few of my favorite Christmas songs. Uh, one of them is being Silent Night, which we are going to sing in just a little bit here as we kind of light our candles as almost a tradition for us here at this church. Uh, another one that I really enjoy is O Come, Let Us Adore Him, but probably my favorite Christmas hymn is O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. And I love this, this song because in it, what you see is that we've already even talked about and sang about Emmanuel, meaning God with us. And it's in Isaiah that, that this name of God for Emmanuel, meaning God with us, first shows up. But what's so amazing is that in the history of Israel, when this name first presents itself, we see it again in the, the Christmas story, but when he first presents itself, Israel's in a really bad place. Like, they aren't in a, a, a happy place. They're in a place of despair. They're in a place where they are longing and looking for, anticipating and expecting a Messiah and a Savior. And as we celebrate Advent, the fifth candle of Advent is traditionally lit on Christmas Day. And so as we light that candle, it's, it's I'm looking for the switch. Sorry if you can't tell that. Uh, as they, we light it, it rep represents Christ coming as a child. But what Advent season is, is an anticipation and an excitement and looking forward to the day that Christ comes back. Not just as a Savior born in a manger, but as the Savior of the world coming back once again to establish his kingdom and his rule and reign here on earth. 
And so as we celebrate our, our Advent season, I'm just reminded of how I love that song, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, and that God is with us. And like I said, tonight what I want to do is I want to read to you a very familiar passage in Luke. If you've been with us for any amount of time, uh, you are comfortable and familiar with the book of Luke as we have been traveling for the last about year and a half kind of through the gospel of Luke. We've made it all the way to Luke chapter 18. We're excited as we continue in the new year. We've got a brand new season, uh, our series that we're calling Road Trip as we continue through that book of Luke as Jesus makes his way to Jerusalem. But we are going to be looking at Luke chapter 2 tonight, and it's a very uh, familiar passage because it talks about Christ, but it's also been on the Charlie Brown Christmas. So I'm going to go ahead and read this and uh, go ahead and share with you just a few thoughts, and then we'll keep going with the evening so that you can prepare and get ready for Christmas and celebrating that with your family. So here's what it says in Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 1. It says this, in those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quintarius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. Verse 5, he went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in clothes and placed, placed him in a manger because there was no room, uh, there was no guest room available for them. And we see this is kind of Luke's announcement of, of the gospel, but even as you read Luke chapter 1, there's a lot more that's happening kind of in between these verses and in between these paragraphs. But continuing on, and this is where I want to kind of pay a little bit more attention with these shepherds. Verse 8 says this, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks of night, at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all of the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes, lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angels, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. Verse 15, When the angels had left left them and had gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told about them, uh, told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying God, and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. I think that this is a pretty incredible passage of Scripture where there is a lot that is happening that we could kind of dive into. We could talk even about how, how shepherds were kind of average Joes, which uh, shepherding wasn't a career or profession that people really shot to aim for. Like, they want to grow up and be a shepherd. That wasn't really it. They were a little bit more of the social outcasts because they spent all of their time with the flock and out in open fields. And there's a lot that we could talk through, but I really want to try and hone in a little bit on what maybe these shepherds would have felt and thought after this incredible night that happens. 
Because here's this announcement, this pronouncement of a king born. There's this angelic like choir showing up and singing the praises of the king of kings and, and all of these things. But then I'm curious and kind of reading between the lines and, and, and maybe kind of just assuming and looking at what we don't see necessarily in Scripture. And I think there's a lot that goes on. Like I said, in Luke chapter 1 and 2, there's a lot going on in between the paragraphs that we don't actually see and know how that played out. For example, we don't know what it was like for Mary to have to have this conversation with Joseph that she was pregnant and she was pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Like, I'm pretty sure that would probably be a difficult conversation. We can see in Matthew kind of Joseph's response to that and how he wants to kind of quietly divorce her so that she wouldn't feel any shame or embarrassment. But in this, what I wonder is how those, those shepherds would have felt weeks, months, even years after this singular event where they hear this pronouncement, but then they probably don't see all that much happening. Looking at the story, looking at the shepherds specifically, I wonder what it was like. Like, put yourself in their shoes for just a moment. It is a normal, average night. You are out in, in the fields with your sheep. This is just what happens. Sheep are, are kind of defenseless animals, so you've got to protect your sheep and your flock. And then suddenly, out of nowhere, there was an angel that, poof, just shows up. It's been about 400 years. Like, they probably heard, if they're, they're Jewish men, they probably heard all of the things that God has done in the past. But it's been about 400 years since they've heard of anything like this taking place. So as this angel shows up, they're terrified. And I do wonder, I'm just curious, like, I, I don't have any biblical proof of this, but I just wonder if angels ever messed with people. Like, if they just knew that people were going to be scared, so when they showed up, they're like, ha ha, hey, like hiding behind things and just kind of like showing up and seeing what happens. I don't think there's any biblical proof, but I'm just imagining what they would be doing. But this angel shows up, they're terrified. He goes, hey, don't worry about it, fear not. And I bring you good news that a king is born, that the Savior, a Messiah, the Lord, is born in the town of David. And then just as he's talking, imagine this fear that turns into maybe this wonder and this excitement and this anticipation because a Jew would have been waiting for the promised Messiah to come to overthrow the Roman government. Like Israel was ca taken captive and they were kind of subdued, if you will, by first the Greeks and then the Romans. But now they are waiting and eagerly anticipating a Messiah that would come and reestablish the nation of Israel above other nations. And so I, I wonder as they, this anticipation and this excitement begins to build and then all of a sudden, again, poof, here's the acapella group from heaven, shows up, starts singing, and they are terrified probably. All of a sudden, it was dark one second and now it's super bright. Imagine the emotion that was in that night for them. And then to go and to see, the angels disappear as fast as they show up and then they're going, hey, what should we do? And they're all like, Duh, we got to go see this thing that the angels have told us about. And so they go, and it's exactly as the angels described, and they start sharing and telling people what they have seen and what they've heard. And here is this incredible, exciting night and moment for them. But I often wonder, or I wonder what it would have been like for them a few weeks after that event, a few months after that event, a few years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years after that event. I wonder if these shepherds ever doubted the pronouncement that they heard, that here was the Messiah, the Savior, the Lord. 
I wonder if they ever struggled with, with wondering if they had heard it correctly. Was it, was it not the Messiah? If so, why has it been so long and we've seen nothing happen? Why, why do we not understand? Like, we don't get it. What is the plan? If he is the promised Messiah, then what is the plan? Because it doesn't really seem like that night has impacted any of my other nights. Seems like I'm just waiting, not understanding the plan. And not really sure of the purpose. And the reason why I wonder, and I think that the shepherds maybe struggle with this, because I think that we do this as a people. When we have an anticipation or an expectancy of God to show up and to move and to work in our lives, or a hope or desire that he will, and when he doesn't, we tend to wonder what is God doing and not understand the plan. We don't understand what's happening or why this would be or why God wouldn't show up the way that we thought he was going to show up. We were eagerly anticipating and waiting for him to do something incredible, but we just don't see the plan. And I just wonder if this is where these, these shepherds are at years after this event, that they look back on that night and go, yeah, it's kind of a cool story, but I'm a little bit confused at what the plan is. And my thought for you tonight is I just want to challenge you briefly in a few moments. We're going to kind of keep moving on with the night. But my challenge for you tonight is for you to understand that you don't have to understand the plan to trust that God has a purpose. You don't have to understand the plan to trust that God has a purpose. While I imagine it would have been tough for these shepherds wondering what God's plan was, the reality is, is that 33 years later, Jesus would die on a cross. This infant, this baby, this child that they see, wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger, would grow and ultimately die on a cross in one of the most brutal deaths ever imaginable. And that was the plan that God had. And the purpose was for the shepherds. His purpose of dying was for you. His purpose of dying was for me. See, we talk about Jesus is the reason for the season, and that is absolutely true. Jesus is the reason for the season. But the reason that Jesus came, his purpose has, was, is, was, and always will be for you. His purpose of coming and stepping from the heavenly, heavenly, the heavenly realm into this earthly realm was so that he could ultimately be a God that would put on flesh, and that flesh would ultimately be ripped apart on a cross. 33 years later. So as these shepherds don't understand the plan, as they have this incredible experience, as they wonder what God is doing, I wonder what their doubt and their questions would have been like. I wonder what their conversations would have been like to God, going, God, I don't get it. And I say that, and you can draw kind of the, the comparison to your own life. I think the reality is that for many of us, this year of 2021, we anticipated that it would be better than 2020, right? How could it not be better? Yet, at, towards the end of 2021, we're going, well, it didn't really feel all that much better. In fact, the, we're struggling and going, you know what, God, I didn't really plan this year to, to be injured. Or, or whatever your situation is, Lord, I didn't really plan this year for a loved one to be battling cancer. Lord, I, I didn't really plan for this one uh, to, to experience a family member passing away. Like, whatever your situation is, I guarantee that you can put something in there going, well, I didn't really plan for this, and God, I don't understand. I thought you were the Messiah. I thought you were going to do something incredible. I don't understand the plan. But I want you to understand that God has a purpose in all of it. 
Many times in, in the, the difficult seasons that we go through, the challenges that we go, and I don't, I don't have the time to really unpack this, and I don't want it to sound like a pat Christian answer, like, oh, it's all good, but many of the times the difficulty that we endure, the hardships that we walk through, are the seasons in our lives where God cultivates the most growth in our faith. And so I, I think that as we look at this, you have to understand that the birth of, G, uh, of Jesus Christ, this child born, was ultimately the purpose and the plan was that he would grow and ultimately become the sacrifice for all of us so that we could be in right standing with God. I don't think that you can separate the birth of Jesus Christ from the death of Jesus Christ because Christ came so that he could die and he died so that we might live. I don't think that you can separate those two apart. And, and these, these shepherds missed it maybe for 33 years. I'm speculating here again. These shepherds maybe struggled with this night of going, yeah, it was a memorable night, but I don't know what you're doing. And the challenge for us in this, my challenge for you is that you don't have to understand the, understand the plan to trust that God has a purpose. God has always had a purpose. His plan was that his son would die on a cross so that we could be in right standing, that we could receive this free gift of righteousness that Jesus offers to us, that he just lavishes his love and gift upon us. You don't have to understand the plan to trust that God has a purpose. God had a purpose, and that purpose has, what, and that purpose has been you. You were the purpose. Why did he leave the heavenly realms and step foot on this earth? Why did the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, who existed in eternity, step out of like that realm into time zones? He did it because his purpose was to give his life so that we would be able to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And at this point, I want to go ahead and call up the worship team. I want to wrap this up. Uh, but tonight, what I wanted to do is just kind of have, have a conversation with you and just ask a, a relatively simple question to you and say, if I was to have a conversation with you, if we were able to sit down and, and I was to just simply ask, hey, how are you doing spiritually? I think for some of us in this room, some of us that are online, some of us that are in the parking lot, some of us would go, man, things are going great. Things are fantastic. I'm super excited. And then for some of us, we would go, you know what? I feel like I can relate a little bit more to the shepherds. Where I'm not really seeing the plan that God has. I'm not really understanding the purpose. And I'm really not receiving what God has for me. And tonight, I want to give you the opportunity to just accept Christ as your Lord and Savior if that is something that you desire to do. So I'm going to ask if we could just play a little bit of music, and I'm just going to ask everybody to just simply bow your head. You don't have to close your eyes. You can if you want to, but just what I want right now is not everybody just kind of looking around. I want you to, to consider and reflect where you're at spiritually. Again, if it was a conversation, how are you doing? And if you felt comfortable enough to have this conversation for you to assess where you're at. Are you, you feel like you're in a good place, that you've received God's gift of, of grace and mercy and righteousness, or maybe you haven't. Tonight, you can have that opportunity. How do we accept Christ as our, our Lord and Savior? There's three simple steps the Bible talks about, is that we have to admit that we've fallen short of God's perfect standard. We have to believe that God sent his son to die on a cross for our sins and that he rose again. And then we simply confess that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior of our life. So just right now, I would say with every head bowed, and if you could, just every eye closed, just not worrying about what's going on. If you have the desire to accept God's free gift, remembering that even when you don't understand the plan, that God has got a purpose. 
and you want to experience that purpose that God has for you, even more specifically in your every single day life. If you want to receive that, then I'm just going to say a simple prayer, and I would encourage you to pray something similar after me. You don't have to say the exact words you can. It's not really in the words that you come to a saving knowledge of Christ. It's in your heart. So if your heart and your desire is that you would turn to God in this moment, then he will hear and see that. So if you have a desire, you can simply say these words quietly to yourself. Or like you can say them out loud just quietly, or you can just simply say them in your mind kind of to yourself. So if that's you, would you just pray something similar after me? Say, Lord, I admit that I have fallen short. I'm a sinner and I've missed the mark of perfection. I believe that you are the Savior and the Lord. I believe that you died on a cross cross and rose again to new life. I thank you for taking my punishment on that cross. Lord, would you come into my life and teach me what it means to be a follower of you? Lord, I commit my life to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for this night. Lord, I thank you that you came to this earth thousands of years ago, Lord, ultimately with a plan and a purpose. While the purpose was for us to be in right relationship with you, Lord, the plan was that you had sent your son born as a baby that would grow into a man that would die on a cross. Lord, and there's times we don't understand your plan and maybe we don't even understand your purpose. Lord, I pray that you would be with each and every single person that is hurting in this season. Lord, especially as we go through the holidays, I know that it can be tough with, with the loss of loved ones, the struggle of, of cancer, the, the impact of injury, Lord God. I pray that your presence and your power and your peace would just overwhelm right now. Lord, I thank you that you desire to encounter us, that you desire to meet us, that you weren't just a baby born thousands of years ago that has no impact on us now, but that you desire to be in relationship with us this day and each and every single day. So Lord, I pray that you would make yourself real in Jesus' name. One last thing that I would ask you to do before we kind of transition is that if you did pray that prayer tonight and you would be willing to let us know, we would ask that you just simply fill out a connection card. You can find them in the lobby. There's some, but also if you go to clcfamily.church connect, you can find a connection card there as well. If you would be so bold to fill one of those out and let us know, we would love to follow up with you with any questions that you might have and be able to talk about next steps. And so tonight, as we kind of bring this service to an end, what I'm going to ask you to do is if you would stand with us, we're about to sing uh, Silent Night, and I would ask that if you have your candles, that you go ahead and turn those on as we close out in our two, these two songs.
and heaven and nature sing and heaven and heaven and nature sing be encouraged by that on January 2nd. Have a great night.